The following podcast contains explicit language and movie spoilers. You've been warned. No, seriously, there, there's spoilers and, and foul language. Yeah. Welcome to $20 Ticket, where we will tell you how much we would pay to see London Has Fallen. My name is Dominic, and today joining us is Mugga. What's up, Mugga? Yo. What are you drinking today? I have a White Claw Mango Talk-In. Nice. And returning to the podcast is Jason. What's up, Jason? Not much. How about you, Dom? Good, good. What are you drinking? Uh, Dos Equis Lime and Salt. And the man, the myth, the legend, Kerwin. How what's you up? doing today? What's up, man? <laughs> what are you drinking? I'm doing all right. Uh, I'm drinking a Buena Visa Stone Salt and Lime. Yeah, it's delicious. That is actually Jason's favorite beer. Yeah. Is it? It's yeah. one of my favorites. Is it really it's good? It's up there. Yeah. yeah. Do we have more? It's a lager, though. It's all right. Do you have more? No, that's the only one we have right <laughs> now. No, I, I got one in the bag if you want it. <laughs> Drink your lukewarm. What are you drinking, Dom? Oh, I'm drinking a White Claw. There you go. Toast. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers guys. Clank. Cheers, bruv. <laughs> Cheers, mate. So today's movie we are reviewing is London Has Fallen, starring Gerard Butler, Aaron Eckhart, and Morgan Freeman, released March 4th, 2016. Directed by Babak Najafi, distributed by Focus Features. All right, so let's get into everyone's experience. Let's start with Mugga. So I uh, have never watched this movie up until this week. Um, um, I don't remember my experience for Olympus Has Fallen. I wonder if I did the same thing where I just watched right before. But yeah, this was on the uh, the schedule. Um, I rented it um, on Thursday, I think it was. You rented it? Yeah, I rented it. Why? Why? Why well, was it on a platform for free? It's, free yeah. on it's on Netflix. <laughs> Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> so I paid three ninety nine to rent this movie. <laughs> so yeah, I, I knocked it out one night, and it's, it's an hour and a half, and it went pretty quick. But uh, but yeah, I basically saw it three days ago. I was expecting what it was, and I was actually um, more impressed with 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 what I got. You know, I mean, it kind of exceeded my expectations. But but uh, but yeah, I think the movie is what it is. But yeah, it was, that was my experience. Just at home by myself for three ninety nine on Amazon Prime. <laughs> So you're going to add that three ninety nine on top of your you ending go. rating? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Kerwin, what was your experience? Uh, like Mugga, I watched this uh, on Thursday night. Unlike Mugga, I didn't pay for it. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, because I fell into that trap a bunch of times, like where I ended up paying for some shit. Um, yeah, so I watched it that night. Uh, did the research this morning, like woke up at 6 and knocked out the behind-the-scenes stuff. But uh, this is my first time watching this movie, and... Uh, we will find out how I feel about it. <laughs> and Jason, what was your experience with this movie? Similar to you guys. I'd, I'd never seen this before. I watched it this week. I saw, uh, watched it on Netflix, uh, I think Wednesday night. Um, it's a pretty short movie. Hour 39. It uh, goes fast. Too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it goes fast, too. Um, it's just action-packed. It is action-packed. Yeah. It, it goes by quick. Uh, Elizabeth was there. She was on her phone most of the time. I'd be surprised if she even caught a total of 10 minutes of it. She barely looked up. Um, but it was probably a good thing because there's a lot of death in this and it was like right before we went to bed and she doesn't like that stuff so it worked out but yeah it's my experience All right, in my experience I'm, I want to say I saw this in theaters it did was, you really? yeah I, I saw the first one I think on DVD when it came out I don't know this is one of those weird phases where I was just not weird but I was just going to movies by myself all the time and just I don't know just caught this flick I thought it would have been good because I enjoyed the first one somewhat so but yeah, I watched it again yes last night, and I mean, it's the same as I remember it. Did you get, so the ones that like me, you guys just saw it this week. Did you ever have any 
ambition to watch this or know that we're just reviewing it. That's why you had to watch it. Had no ambition. I had, I had no ambition either. I had no ambition, but I do remember like seeing an ad for the first one and being like, oh, there's that. Then I saw the ad for the second one. And I was like, oh, a sequel. Then I saw Angel is Fallen. And I was like, oh, shit, a, a third one. There's got to be something there, right? You yeah. Know? Like, so. yeah. It's kind of like a... I, I equate this to like the Fast and Furious. It's kind of like, it's dumb, but it's entertaining. Family's not dumb. No, you know what I mean. You know what I mean? Where it's just like ridiculous. Like I think of more of like those late 80s, 90s kind of action movies. Yeah, yeah. Kind of good, kind of cheesy, but just action packed. That's what I'm, I think they're trying to do. And like make Gerard Butler this action star like the next. Nick Cage or something. Yeah, yeah. Nick Cage or, yeah. or like Stallone or Schwarzenegger, yeah. or something like that. Bruce Willis, you know, something like that. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's very like diehard wannabe type movie kind of like that yeah but, we, we talked about that in the diehard review where like every movie is literally just diehard on a blank yeah in a blank you know so yeah but yeah does a job being an action movie I mean, that's for sure yeah I'm interested to hear the other uh, ratings okay <laughs> we'll get to that all right before we get into behind the scenes Mugga why don't you hit us with the financials so this movie was very very successful um, on a budget of around 60,000 um, it opened in theaters with uh, 21 whoa, sorry whoa, whoa. Wait, 60 million, oh, 60 million. Just, they, they came up yeah. <laughs> and a budget of 60 million um, pounds it, or dollars dollars okay. yeah it came in with uh, a 21 million dollar opening weekend a little bit over that but uh, domestically brought in um, almost 63 million internationally 143 million with a worldwide of a little under 206 million dollars so you can kind of see how much money they made on this um i don't know if i went over on olympus has fallen the franchise but this one is the most financially successful out of the three i think that maybe you can credit that to olympus has fallen uh, success and they made the second one um, i personally like olympus has fallen better than this one we'll get into all that stuff um, i haven't seen angels fallen i don't know if you guys have but our friend marcus he said that that was the best out of all of the three according to him but but, uh, but yeah, this came in at number one in this franchise, if we're calling it a franchise, whereas Olympus Has Fallen was number two with $170 million, and domestically, sorry, not domestically, um, Angel Has Fallen came in around $147 million. Um, it was on its released uh, weekend um, number two, um, right behind Zootopia. Um, there's a couple interesting movies that were um, going on at that time. Deadpool was still in at number three, but it had been in for three weeks. Um, then you also have The Revenant that was in theaters. Um, I'm looking at some other things. Kerwin Spotlight, is that the movie that you like or is it Moonlight? Uh, both. Both, yeah. Both. Spotlight was in there. That's with Mark Ruffalo, the newspaper one, Boston. Oh, okay. Michael Keaton? Michael Keaton's in it, yeah. Isn't that about like the, the, the Catholic, Catholic Church. Church and all that? Yeah. yeah. But I, ha I have to bring this up. Number 15 is the Star Wars The Force Awakens. It had been in theaters still for 11 weeks at that time, still going strong. And that was still long. And you have other movies like Ride Along 2, Kung Fu Panda, um, the big short, Jason, that was on at number 18. So hmm. a lot of good movies, but uh, this this came in at number two that weekend right behind Zootopia. But I think Zootopia was already in for a week. This movie and a movie called Whiskey, Tango, and Foxtrot. Oh, uh, that was also the, the, the Tina Fey, okay, Afghanistan movie. That was another WTF. movie that was, that was in theaters for the first time that weekend. Actually, no, I take that back. Zootopia, that was its first weekend, so they debuted at number one. So, but yeah, those are the financials. Very, very successful film. Man, I heard Zootopia was a beast of a movie. <laughs> beast of a movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Jason, why don't you hit us with the reviews? Tell us what the people thought about it. So on Rotten Tomatoes, 27% of the critics liked it with an average rating of 4.1 out of 10. So there was 54 fresh ratings and 143 rotten. 
Not too good. Uh, 50% of the audience gave it a 3.5 out of five or higher with an average rating of 3.3 out of five. So, you know, better than the critics, but there's 25,000 plus ratings too from the audience. Um, there's a couple funny quotes. Dwight Brown from National Newspaper Publishers Association gave it a fresh rating and says, for a bullet a minute action thriller, London Has Fallen is good, never great. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, Candace Frederick from Real Talk Online uh, she gave it a rotten rating. She said, London Has Fallen is another one of those forgettable end of winter action films that don't really make much common sense, but are really fun to watch when you're distracted with popcorn. So I agree. Yeah, but a lot, lot, of, lot of rotten ratings on here. Uh, IMDb has a score of 5.9 out of 10. So a little bit better than Rotten Tomatoes uh, with over 155,000 reviews. Uh, looking at the demographics, females under 18 gave it the lowest rating with a 3.8 out of 10. Uh, there's only four votes in that one. Everything else is pretty similar across all the age groups between males and females. And then this is something I haven't seen or maybe I've been kind of looking over, but they, they also give the average rating from the top 1,000 voters, so the people that vote the most, U.S. users and non-U.S. users. So the uh, so it's interesting to include. Um, the top 1,000 voters, average rating of 5.6 out of 10, so a little lower. U.S. users... Um, 6.1 out of 10, so a little higher than the average review, and then non-US was 5.7, so you can see where we get our 5.9, it's kind of right in the middle. I kind of like that, actually. Like, the people that vote the most may actually be real people, or like, more honest, I guess, or uh, impartial, if that makes any sense. Yeah, and it's it's a very select group. Um, So it says top 1,000 voters, so I think it's like on IMDb as a whole, because there's only 509 votes counted in this, so they look at IMDb as a whole, the top 1,000 voters, and then if they vote on this, then they include them in here. So yeah, it's like a very select group, but I kind of like that too, that they include it. So I'm going to try to include that on every movie now too. Yeah, I like that. That's cool. Um, but yeah, that's the reviews. All right. Thank you, Jason. No problem, Dom. <laughs> <laughs> you got to leave that in. No problem, You got it, Dom. Gosh, golly. What's up next? <laughs> Well, Karen, why don't you hit us with the behind the scenes? All right. Uh, let's start with the development of this movie. Uh, so remember that other White House movie with Jamie Foxx and Shannon Tatum, uh, White House Down? Uh, that movie didn't do well, but Olympus Has Fallen did great and earned $170 million over its $70 million budget. And within the same year it was released, 2013, they already had this sequel in development uh, with certain key players returning. You know, we got our original writers from the first movie, uh, Creighton Rottenberger and uh, Katherine Benedict, who would end up writing the entire trilogy. Uh, They're joined this time by writers Christian Gudegast and uh, Chad St. John, no relation to Austin St. John, who played Jason in the hit kids TV show Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Uh, And like we said last episode, uh, Olympus Has Fallen was uh, Roddenberger's and Benedict's first ever movie. And between uh, Goodagast and St. John, they've worked on uh, A Man Apart, Den of Thieves, Peppermint, and Replicas. But one person that did not return was director Antoine Fuqua. Uh, Despite this movie having largely the same writers as the previous movie, according to IMDb, he refused to direct because he didn't like the script. And he also had scheduling conflicts with The Equalizer, which I think is a much better film. 
in August of 2014, Frederick Bond was hired as a director, but he dropped out a month later, just six weeks before they were supposed to start to shoot uh, over creative differences. And uh, other than directing uh, Charlie Countryman, starring Shia LaBeouf, any of you guys heard or see that movie before? Yeah, I never heard of it either until this morning. Uh, this guy has only really worked on commercials. So that guy, this would have been his first movie after having only done TV spots. So wow. that would have been crazy. Uh, but here's where the actual director comes in. We got uh, uh, Babak Najafi. Uh, this is his first US production after having directed a bunch of stuff in Sweden. Uh, he would later go on to direct uh, 2018's Proud Mary, starring uh, Taraji P. Henson. I never seen that movie. No, nope, never yeah. heard of it. I remember seeing the trailers, yeah. but not much after that. Now let's get into the cast. Uh, we got Gerard Butler uh, as 75th Ranger Regiment plus Secret Service agent Mike Banning. Uh, Butler is once again a producer on this film via his uh, G-Base film production company. Uh, they actually had to split the shoot for this movie into two parts because Butler was busy shooting Geostorm. And according to THR, they started shooting the first half of the movie in November 2014 with Morgan Freeman, Aaron Eckhart, Angela Bassett, and Melissa Leo. Uh, they took a break and then they resumed shooting the following February when Butler was available up until April 2015. Uh, in a Saudi beauty blog interview, Gerard Butler says, quote, I'm very excited about this movie. The script is fantastic. It's even better and way bigger than the first. It's more tense, scary, and also has a hell of a lot of humor in it as well. If you could put all those things in together, I feel we're doing that, end quote. It is bigger. <laughs> I mean, instead of one like, world leader, they've got them all, right? It's not just a house. It's a... Yeah. A block, yeah, a couple yeah. city blocks. Uh, then we got Aaron Eckhart as uh, President Benjamin Asher. Uh, Asher, in his, Asher is in his uh, second term as president, with it being mentioned that he is uh, six years into his presidency. Uh, Morgan Freeman as Vice President Alan Trumple, uh, Trumbull, uh, because the VP died last movie, and he possibly ran with Asher for his second term. Uh, like we mentioned last time, uh, Morgan Freeman only did the first film for money, and concerning the sequel, he says that the best part about these big budget movies is that they pay so well, and that they're always going to try to make another one, and you just got to wait till they call you to get that paycheck. So, <laughs> good for him. I like yeah. that he's keeping it honest. Yeah, for real. Exactly. He's like, just give me my money. Yeah. <laughs> hey, just, just fucking, it's like, um, what was it, like uh, Alfred Molina on uh, No Way Home? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like Jamie Foxx and like Willem Dafoe out here talking about like their villain roles, and Alfred Molina's just like, I just took the check. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> yeah. Marvel gave me that money, so, yeah. Um, now, if you're wondering why that shot of Morgan Freeman meeting Mike in the hallway, remember when they see each other? Yes. You know why it looks fake as fuck, right? Yes. Because they weren't even in the same scene together. Okay, they that makes sense. They had zero interaction the entire movie, so they had to use body doubles and VFX in post-production. One of my trashes, I was like, what the fuck is this? And <laughs> yeah. I, I figured it had to be something like that. Oh, yeah. It felt, it felt so out of place, like an angel was descending or something, the way they filmed it. And just the, the back of like Morgan Freeman, I'm like, that is not him. That's mm-hmm. a stand-in. I yeah. can just tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. It's hella fake. Hated it. Uh, then we have Angela Bassett as Secret Service Director Lynn Jacobs. Uh, last movie, she said she only joined because she wanted to work with Morgan Freeman, and I'm pretty sure that was the case here. Although, since they have zero scenes together, that's probably why they killed her. So, there you go. Uh, and we got Radha Mitchell as uh, Leah Banning, Mike's wife. Uh, she was a medical professional in the last movie, and they did absolutely nothing with that, so they just made her pregnant this time. Uh, yeah, absolutely nothing with that too. Nothing, nothing with that either. Yeah, 
she should have been in London with them as like, oh, it'll be a getaway or something. And then maybe she gets taken hostage or something. Like that would have been cool. Uh, but moving on, now we have uh, Melissa Leo as Secretary of Defense, Ruth McMillan. Uh, I'm kind of bummed that she has nothing to do in this movie because last time she was homegirl that wouldn't give up the codes when the North Koreans mm-hmm. were like offing everybody one by one. And start reciting the Pledge of Allegiance and yeah. shit like that. Yeah. yeah, I was like, I like her. She's cool. And in this movie, she's just like, like all scared and shit. No dialogue whatsoever. So I was I was kind of bummed out about that. Um, then we got uh, Alan Moni Abudbul as uh, Amir Barkawi. Uh, he's the villain in this movie. But do you also know what movie he's from? The villain in this movie that gets bombed at the very end. Yeah, it's one of my, uh, I guess it's not really a trash or treasure, but like all I could seriously think is um, thinking of he's the villain in The Dark Knight Rises, right? He's the scientist. And I just like, I could not get that mm. out of my head because at first I'm like, where's he from? Where's he from? So the first 10 minutes of the movie, that's what I'm trying to figure out as opposed to watching the movie. You know? but, yeah. yep. You didn't miss much. Yep. Yes. He's, uh, <laughs> he's Dr. Pavel, um, but he's also in... Nuclear uh, physicist. Yeah. <laughs> and who else? But you can disarm this bomb. Nobody. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, Abutbul also appears in Rambo 3, uh, Body of Lies, and Beirut. Um, then we got Walid Zutair as uh, Walid Zwadir as uh, Cameron Barkawi, the oldest son of our antagonist. Uh, fun fact, he's only six years younger than the actor that plays his dad. Oh, yeah, wow. and yeah. they look so far apart in age. It's insane. Yeah. Wasn't that like the case in like Mean Girls? Wasn't like Rachel McAdams like barely like four years younger than what's your face? Oh, um, Parks uh, and Rec. Oh, what's we're not stopping until we say her name. Uh, Leslie Nope. Yeah. Oh, um, um, Amy Poehler. Amy Poehler. There yeah. we go. Yeah. yeah. She's only like a few years younger than her. Yeah. <laughs> She's playing the mom. Old. Um, and uh, so this guy, he's also in the uh, TV series Rami, but he's also in Sex in the City too. I don't know who he plays, but he's in that movie. That's all I could see. It's good to know. Yeah, uh, can't wait to review those. Never gonna watch it. No, you have to. Sorry, it's too late. <laughs> Sorry to decide. It's on the list. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, then we have Charlotte Riley as MI6 agent Jacqueline Marshall. Uh, she was in Edge of Tomorrow and plays uh, May Fitz Carlton on Peaky Blinders. So you know the mm. girl that raises the horses for Tommy? Yeah. That's her. Oh, duh. Okay. Yeah. She did look familiar. Yeah. So she's in this. Uh, then we got Robert Forrester as a U.S. Army General Edward Clegg. Uh, he's been in Jackie Brown, Me, Myself, and Irene, and he's the coach in uh, Like Mike. Crazy. Uh, then we he got- just passed away, too, like not that long ago. Oh, shit. 2019, so RIP. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Uh, then we got Jackie Earl Haley as White House Deputy Chief of Staff. Uh, we know him as Rorschach from Watchmen, as well as uh, Freddy Krueger in the Nightmare on Elm Street reboot. Mm. Uh, then we got Colin Samuel as the uh, English Metropolitan, Metropolitan Police Chief. Mm. Um, I was watching this movie, and I was just like, where do I know this dude from? Where do I know this dude from? Black dude, right? He's actually in three James Bond movies, and he plays a MI6 Deputy Chief of Staff, uh, Charles Robinson. He was in a Tomorrow Never Dies, World is Not Enough, and Die Another Day. And then uh, Rick Yoon, the bad guy from the last uh, movie, Olympus Has Fallen, he was one of the main antagonists in Die Another Day. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the movie where they turn Asian people white. That is literally the plot of the movie. Hmm. Have you guys ever seen Die Another Day? Yes, that's with... Um, Halle Berry. It's Halle Berry and the igloos and the invisible car and all that stuff. I was know? waiting for like Arnold to come out in yeah. like, the shiny suit. It yeah. was insane. Is yeah. it a Pierce Brosnan and, one? Or? What's that? It's a, and there's a, there's a great scene where <laughs> Pierce Brosnan like 
somehow in his device gets a parachute and surfs down this like 60 foot it's, it is the worst CGI of all time I mean oh, even man. Blue Crush's final <laughs> scene where she's riding the wave is like way better than this dude it's, you have to watch it it's so awful that movie that movie's like the equivalent of like Batman and Robin yeah it's so bad okay. yeah. I think that was the movie that then they went or was it that one or the one with the girl from Wild Things no. where they went with a different direction because after that they started getting more serious and believable again in my opinion yeah because Die Another Day uh, was his last movie okay yeah was it Die Another Day yeah Die Another Day was his last movie and then they, they went with Daniel Craig yeah right? they went with yeah. Daniel Craig after mm-hmm. he did three of them right Pierce Brosnan he did Die Another four. Day oh he did four he did Tomorrow Never Dies Golden Eye yeah Die Another Day The World Is Not Enough The World Is Not Enough mm-hmm. yeah um, that's it for the cast. Any anybody? No. Nope. All right. That's it for the cast. Uh, let's get into production and whatnot. That's literally what my notes say. Uh, <laughs> this movie was originally supposed to come out October 2015, but it got pushed to January 2016 to avoid competing with The Martian, a movie I still have not seen. I know. Uh, it was pushed back again to March 2016, uh, March 2016 to avoid uh, to help finish up the visual effects. So you know they had to tighten up those effects. Uh, and speaking of which, guys, there's a lot of terrible visual effects in this movie, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I am happy to notify you today, on this day of this recording, Saturday, April 23rd, 2022, that they actually did film in London. Wow. <laughs> they were actually in London. Yeah. Wow. And they also filmed in uh, India and Bulgaria. And it's ironic I bring that up because... It's you know, kind of ironic, isn't it? I know, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's ironic because, you know, the opening jogging scene where him and the president are jogging? Yeah, that's they're, not D.C. They're not in D.C. Yeah. Guess where they are? London. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, that's not D.C. We've been yeah. to it. I was yeah. like, there's no place that looks like that in yeah. D.C. Even America is London, like in this movie. <laughs> so it's insane. Uh, and then... The plane that they use for uh, Air Force One in this movie, uh, you know, we were just talking about 007. That's the same plane from Casino Royale oh, wow. that the terrorist is trying to blow up oh, in yeah. Miami. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same exact plane that they used. Not the same model, V plane. So, wow. yeah. Uh, is that parachute effect? Is that real? You know that scene where they're in the chopper and they take a hit? Yeah. And they go down and Gerard Butler pulls like this thing and like the whole cushion. thing becomes like. Padded? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Is that real? Uh, no, that was CGI. Oh, you mean like a real feature in a helicopter? Yeah. I, I would hope so for accuracy's sake. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, that's really convenient. Yeah. That's yeah. just like a giant airbag. Yeah. Yeah. Could have been a raft, too. Like something, like if they crash in water. That's true. Like, that's true. Could have just done that just to improvise. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but speaking of that, let's get into movie mistakes. Uh, courtesy of moviemistakes.com. Uh, the SAS leader that leads the squad that Mike joins in the street shootout, he introduces himself as captain, but by the time they say goodbye to each other, Mike calls him lieutenant. Hmm. So, inconsistency there. Uh, when the helicopter they're in, speaking of the helicopter, uh, is being pinged by what Mike calls uh, stinger missiles, uh, that's not possible. Uh, you can't tell if a stinger missile is uh, coming at you uh, because it's heat seeking, so you can't tell if it's tracking you or not. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, also, there's no way the other helicopters in that scene could be called Marine 2 or Ma- Marine 3. Uh, Marine 2 can only be called Marine 2 if the vice president is on board and there's no vice president in London with them. So they can't call it Marine 2. And then uh, there's no such thing as Marine 3 in general. So it's only Marine 1 and Marine 2, hmm. but one of the two VIPs has to be on the, on the craft for it to be designated as such. 
But, um, you know, regarding Marine 3, there's no such thing as Marine 3, or is there? I did my own research, and uh, there actually is a Marine 3. It's a direct-to-DVD action movie called The Marine 3, starring WWE's The Miz. It is one of six movies in the Marine franchise. So there is a Marine 3. Nice. And then uh, another one, uh, MI6 is depicted incorrectly in this movie. Uh, MI6 involves foreign intelligence, while MI5 is in charge of domestic intelligence. So they should have had MI5 showing up to like the police station and stuff right. and doing all the work. Um, also, those air raid sirens that they use in London to get all the citizens inside, uh, they would not be functional in 2016. Uh, they were decommissioned in 1992 after the Cold War. Uh, also, when the agent sends the intel that Barkawi is on site and clicks send at the very beginning of the movie, there's no send. There's no, there's no, he has nobody typed in to send it to. <laughs> yeah, that's it. There's no number or contact. Um, when they find a terrorist by electricity, you know how they like detect like, mm. oh, there's a huge electricity spike. Mm -hmm. uh, they mentioned that the terrorists were using generators, which means there's no way they could detect them on the power grid. Okay. So there's no way they could tell. <laughs> yeah, they're off the grid. Uh, and uh, finally, during the live stream, the second punch that Cameron hits Aaron Eckhart with actually misses his face completely. Nice. And Aaron Eckhart still acts like he took the hit. So like you see the guy like throw the fist and he like walks across the screen and you can tell no face was touched at all. It's terrible. But now, let's move on to release and reception. Uh, when the trailer for this movie dropped in summer of 2015, it was near the 10-year anniversary of the uh, July 7th London bombings, and there was a lot of criticism you know, calling the promotional campaign for this movie insensitive. Uh, those attacks in, 20, in 2005 involved terrorists using multiple bombs across London underground trains, as well as a double-decker bus, you know, similar imagery featured in this movie, mm. uh, killing 56 people and injuring 700. Uh, this trailer, the first trailer was also dropped about half a year after the 2015 Paris attacks in which suicide bombers and mass shooters killed 137 people and injured 416. Uh, in an independent article, uh, many outlets and groups described the movie as a racist terror exploitation fantasy designed to spread fear after the Paris attacks and further promote Islamophobia and American influence. And we talked about how the last movie, the director uh, didn't want to use Middle Easterns as the bad guys. He didn't want to do that. Um, this may have been one of the reasons he left the project over the script, since uh, you know they yeah. said he didn't like the script. Uh, and then uh, The Londonist, they called this movie, quote, the worst movie about our city ever. Uh, the San Francisco Chronicle summarized the film as being, quote, what the producers intended to make, a paranoid, patriotic pa popcorn movie, uh, end quote. Uh, Gerard Butler about this movie says, quote, at the end of the day, it's a fictional movie, it's entertainment, it's about us winning, it's about what happens when shit hits the fan and who stands up to face the challenge, it's based on heroism and the good guys kicking ass. Uh, Rodon Mitchell says, quote, the movie certainly highlights our vulnerability all over the planet. I think we all feel that. If anything, it draws attention to the fact that we really have to find peace in ourselves and between each other. Uh, and lastly, uh, you know, regarding all that stuff, the movie made 206 over 60 million right. and uh, was a box office success, as you said, Mugga. Yeah. So we got a sequel, Angel Has Fallen, in uh, 2019. And that's it for behind the scenes. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Not a lot. <laughs> no. 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 That's cool. Thank no. you, Kerwin. <laughs> You're welcome, Dom. <laughs> now let's get into everyone's trash and treasure. We'll start with Mugga. So I, I, again, I've only seen this movie once. It was late at night on a work night. 
So I, my first trash, and I'll kind of go into like how I don't have that much. The villain um, from the scientist in the Dark Knight. I'm not saying he did a bad job. I'm just saying when I noticed him. I could not figure out where I noticed him. So for the first 10 to 15 minutes, I'm trying to figure it out. So I was on my phone doing that, missing stuff, but that's why it's kind of like a trash to me. I don't know why. Um, I didn't like all the subtitles, how they explained where they were or where they were at or what, who was this, what person this had this job title. I did, didn't you guys think it was like overkill? Yeah. Like it's like every person, this is the secretary of the second, you know, you're like, I don't need to know this, you know? They reintroduced those goes, characters and they, and they like kept little. Doing it. it just was over yeah. there. I've never seen a movie do that many like subtitles introductions um, I think I'm going to just be vague the CGI is very very horrible but two that I really was like that's so bad is the very first explosion that starts the whole thing and the very very last explosion I mean it's something I think you can get, do on iMovie like it was like that the, cheap you know the London Circle one right is that what it was yeah the, the I just remember up? the very first explosion yeah, when they started it. <laughs> yeah so with that being said I just I, you kind of laugh when you see it um, they do escape when they're doing that car scene, just the president and Gerard Butler. And I think they think they're out of it and then they get hit by a bus, right? Did you guys see the editing or the directing of that scene? It just looked really, really like it didn't flow. I don't know how they did it. It was almost like the science, the way they cut it and edit it. I was just like, wait, that car would not have done that. You're missing like a couple frames of something, in my opinion. I don't know when I, I watched that, that was bad. Um, the quote is when uh, there's a hundred terrorists in there and he said they should have brought more men I really laughed like what the <laughs> fuck man come on dude you know yeah and um, I don't know like I, I understand like like terrorists like to do their stuff like videotaping but to s- hack in and put like the, the actual execution of our president on, like Times Square and all that like it would never happen you know and I just kind of like let me get this straight you can do a live feed on Times Square where we're all watch. I don't know I just thought that was cheesy but uh, but yeah that's a lot of the trash that I have treasures um, the part where he's uh, in the escape route on the car or the, the car and the guy's like fuck you and he goes fuck me fuck you and just rams him into the pillar <laughs> like that was so cool I thought you know um, I, I really dug all the scenes with Morgan Freeman I think what he was portraying as a vice president was awesome. He's always got his pose. He stepped up for the challenge, all that stuff. And this is my biggest treasure, my last one. I don't really have a lot. But that fight scene in the London streets where it was the one continuous shot, I actually watched that twice. I thought it was, like, really cool. I know it wasn't one continuous, but they made it look like that. But there was a lot going on. I'm pretty impressed with that scene. I I, I really like that. I, I, I stopped it to watch it right again to make sure. Was this one continuous shot the way they're, like, showing it? But, uh, but yeah, that's my trash and treasure. Thank you, Mega. You're welcome, Duff. <laughs> Jason, why don't you tell us what your trash and treasure is? Um, my trash, uh, I was lost a little bit during the first 10 minutes. I just felt like it was all over the place. And then watching the scene we were talking about earlier where Morgan Freeman, it's not him. Just from the back, I just feel I, like... See, I didn't, is that in the first 10 minutes? I did not notice that. It might have been. Okay, I don't Because I don't know what you guys are talking about. I have to mm. go rent it again. It is free. No, I have it on Netflix. Please, I, have to watch I, will, it. I will pay you to watch it on Netflix. Yeah, you don't, don't go back and watch the whole movie, but watch that scene. It's so apparent okay. now that you know like where it's at. It's in the beginning of the movie. Um, I feel like they, they tried to force all of the characters to say fuck a lot, especially Gerard Butler, it felt so fucking forced. It was just like, fuck. So fucking forced. It's like, oh, we're having a, we're having a bad day. It's, uh, it's fucking terrible. And I'm like, Jesus, like just to say fuck, that's what it felt like. Hey Jason, what time is it? Uh, geez, man, get a fucking watch. Oh, I thought you were going to tell me it was fuck o'clock. <laughs> 
But I don't know. It just felt like it was really forced. Um, CGI. Oh my god. I think the worst one that I remember is the bridge. The bridge collapsing. Yeah, it yeah. was awful. It was so bad. What did you guys think about the CGI of the? Is it the clock tower or whatever that was falling onto the actual double decker bus? That was bad too. You think so? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was bad too. It was all I, bad. It just—it's almost like it just had a bunch of gray particles come down, and that was like like there was really no like I don't know like just the bus was there, but nothing yeah. was happening to it. You know, like I mean, I get it. They're showing it blow up, but also like all the debris falling. Yeah. I mean, I get it, but yeah, it was awful. Um, one shot that was really weird because like Muggs, you were talking about how they like hyper focus on like hey this person from Germany yeah. is here and all these yeah. people are here. You would think, because it feels like they're, they're from all over the world, you would think there'd be a lot more planes at that airport, but there's only Air Force One. Right. Like, there's only one plane. I feel like we would have saw a lot more. It just looked really empty if we have all these, like, you know, high-level people there. Um, and then my last trash is, I think the ending was super dumb. Like, he's sitting there on the laptop and deletes, deletes the email. Yeah. And then the, the weird thing, too, is, like, so we see Gerard Butler, like, with his newborn son and all this stuff. Like in the beginning, the president, Aaron Eckhart, is like talking to his son or talking about his son like going to prom or whatever the hell he's doing. We never get to see that. We get no resolution like right. him reuniting with his son. Like it would have been good to see that, like both of them. Yeah. That was kind of stupid. Uh, Treasure, uh, I like that they kept like a lot of the same characters, which was cool. Um, I think the shootout in the beginning was awesome. Um, I think um, the Marine 2 helicopter taking the middle hit to protect the president, like yeah. that was like kind of a cool scene. Um, I just, they, like, like Olympus has fallen, they do not hold back. Like, no. they kill everything and everyone in this. It's, it's fucking nuts. We were talking about it earlier, Robert Foster, one of the generals, you know, he's Max Cherry from Jackie Brown, you know, RIP. And then my last treasure is, um, like you were saying, Muggs, the, just the long shots of, like, that shootout. Oh, my yeah, God. That was, like, was so cool. Yeah, I did, yeah. like... I had to like take a leak really bad. I was like, I don't want to miss this part because it was so good. And I came back and I was like, this is like one of the coolest scenes in the whole movie. But that's my trash and treasure. Thank you, Jason. No problem, Dom. <laughs> Kerwin, why don't you tell us what your trash and treasure is? All right. Um, start with my trash. Uh, Gerard Butler, he mentions an armored vehicle escort down Fleet Street where they're at the, uh, the White House, right? Uh, and the president says, you don't seem too thrilled. And I'm like, yeah, because there's a fucking demon barber on that street. What the fuck? Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> multiverse confirmed. Sweeney Todd, the demon barber of Fleet Street. Um, and then, um, you know, this movie's predictable as hell. And it's like overly predictable. Like... Like you said, Maga, when they're introducing all these people that we don't give a fuck about or the world leaders and we have their subtitles and all that, like, it's such a drag. When we're in London, introducing people one by one, and I'm like, can we just get to the damn funeral and then blow shit up there? Can we just get there and make things seem less ominous so that it's not as predictable? Like, show people shaking hands, meeting up with each other. Maybe it's starting, there's some hugs, kisses, and all that shit before everything hits the fan. It's like, you already feel like shit's hit the fan before the first explosion goes off. So I thought that was just completely unnecessary and it just dragged on a little long. And then, you know, Gerard Butler even says like, oh, everything's going too well. Nothing ever goes too well. It's like, you know, and I'm just like, um, you know, I'm just like, well, clearly, you know, you're not listening to the ominous music in the background <laughs> that we can all hear. He's like, I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> and then like, you would think that in a world where a couple years ago, the White House was basically destroyed 
You know what I'm saying? And uh, a South Korean world leader was murdered, there'd be way more security at this event. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. that shit didn't even happen like five, like six years ago. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, why is the why is that shit like way way more like hyper you know secure? You know what I'm saying? Like why couldn't it be like that? Um, and then we're never gonna talk about like like I said last time. I was just like South Korean president or whatever got killed we still ain't gonna talk about that everything's like fine in the world after that shit happened i like there should be like a war happening you know when you kill a head of state like that that's insane um and then uh during the london shootout somebody says fuck they're not real cops like when they're like hiding behind the limo trying to save the president and i'm like of course not they're actors <laughs> like <laughs> what the fuck um and then london city right uh, there were just a series of relatively large and loud explosions the day of the prime minister's funeral, right? And the big explosion of all, killing the French president, was so big that it sent a giant shockwave through both edges of the river and into the city itself with debris flying everywhere and shit like that. And why is it after Angela Bassett, uh, Aaron Eckhart, and Gerard Butler get in that vehicle, they're speeding down streets not too far away, and people are just chilling with their hands in their pockets, holding hands. There's couples like yeah. hanging out, and I'm like, there was a shockwave. Yeah. Like that would have caused like an earthquake. There'd be like, like panic in the you streets. Know, remember 9/11? There's yeah. just dust in the air everywhere and shit. Like, like it should look more like that. So I just thought that was a little more unbelievable. It's 2016. Twitter, social media would have been blowing up. People would be like freaking the fuck out. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just felt like that was just something that they they should have like, you know, thought about. Um, and so the United States president is knowingly evading the area after all this shit happens, right? Where's the British military in this movie? Like for the whole first like hour or such in this movie, they're they're absent. Yeah. Like you don't think the Royal Air Force would have like that city on lockdown on a flyover? With, with that going on that day. Yeah, yeah, like there's no way that shit would happen. Like and also the fact that like they were never there to begin with with all those world leaders, like almost almost no military was there i was like surprised like that shit never happens in any country with that many heads of state there so i thought that was just kind of whack um you know we already have news coverage on tv we have the united states with drone footage and i'm just like both well, the the british military is nowhere to be found in this movie so i thought i thought this movie was very like i'll get to this later but i feel like this movie is very biased in terms of like who saves the day i'm just kind of like like i'm pretty sure like you know the UK has some fucking Gerard Butlers on their on their within their territory. You know what I'm saying? We don't need to rely on this one guy that just happens to be there to well, save the fucking day. To that point, you know how they introduce that girl from MI6, like oh she's the best of the best or whatever. Yeah. And she doesn't really do anything. She the whole fucking do movie. I'm just like, why introduce her and say she's like mm. top notch MI6, and her just be like, oh I found the snitch. <laughs> yeah. She she found <laughs> she finds out that he didn't log out of his account or yeah, something. Yeah, that's that's like, all she does. Yeah, and, and she figured. Well, she did some like coding shit too. I figured what she did, but yeah, I was just like, all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I agree with you. Like, it would have been cool with all these foreign diplomats together. Hmm. Why not have like multiple Gerard Butlers, and they're like the fucking expendables of Secret Service or some <laughs> shit. Like, just fucking go over the t like. You're already making this bullshit movie. Just go over the fucking top. Like, have him team with team up with you know, his British equivalent, yeah. and then they gotta save two people together, or multiple people together, and they're they're shepherding all these world leaders one by one through the catacombs, through the subway, all that other shit. Like, that shit would've been cool, and I just kinda feel like that's a, that's a huge missed opportunity if they wanna expand things. And then, like, um... They should've Van Damned it. Exactly, they should've. <laughs> they should've. Um, and then, I just, you know, to that end, I just kinda feel like the British Special Forces combat teams, like, 
they're so inept that they need a foreigner to take charge. Like that team he's with is like immediately subservient to his commands. And I'm like, dude, this squad is easily like three plus guys that could kick ass just as well as Mike. Why are they all of a sudden taking orders from this dude that's on foreign soil, probably doesn't know his way around the city. And they got, they already have a plan. They got comms, they got weapons, they got all this shit. And then all of a sudden they're like, okay, we'll follow your orders. And it's just like, really? Like, nah, nah, that shit would never happen. And I'm not expecting realism from this movie, but I just kind of feel like it, it just, it's very, it's very biased in the story it wants to tell. And I think this was an opportunity to go a little more international and include some other uh, Gerard Butler types mm-hmm. in this movie. I think it's a missed opportunity. Um, this score, dog, like rips off the Dark Knight Rises. It's just like bum 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 bum. Like it just rips off the Dark Knight Rises. Um, like I could feel it throughout the entire movie. And then you know Gerard Butler giving his whole speech about um, you know, you know what you guys don't get. We're not one building. We're not one flag. We're not just one man, et cetera, et cetera. And the whole time I'm like, bro, you're from Scotland. <laughs> like you're yeah, not. You're not like, from the. I US. literally was thinking that I was like, you have an accent, like. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just kind of like, you know, if if they're gonna go this, if the, if this this movie is basically like Team America, basically, let's just be real. But I'm like, if they're gonna go Team America on this movie, why wouldn't you just hire an American to play this guy? Like, why why not just hire an American to play this dude? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like. Just, just fucking do that. Like, if that's if if they're trying to get like uber patriotic and have like all this shit being said in these one-liners and stuff, and you know, fucking Morgan Freeman's speech at the end, hmm. basically saying coming to save the motherfucking day. Like, why not just cast an American in this role? I think if that's what you're going for, the brother that lost his legs, right, tells his older brother Cameron, why don't we just kill him when they have Aaron Eckhart and they don't, they can't get the video feed? And I'm like, he's the smartest guy in this whole movie. Do you really need to kill the president on live TV? Just record it. Yeah, just, just record, record it. it. Yeah. Like, Take no, a picture. <laughs> record it, upload it to YouTube, the dark web, whatever, and people just knowing that you did it is enough to get your point across. Like, consider, considering your dad already publicly took credit for these attacks, there's no need to do it live. Your dad was on international TV. Everybody knows you guys are up to this shit. Like, just post it on YouTube later. Like, pop this motherfucker in the head and get on with your day. Like, leave. Um, So I thought that was kind of stupid. And then, you know, the mole got caught, like we said before, because he forgot to log out. Like, he ain't got VPN. Like, that's how we catch him. Like, (laughs) and then also, like, fucking uh, the police station doesn't have, like, an IT team or a cybersecurity team to crack this. It's just this random ass MI6 agent, like you said, Dom. Like, that could have been an IT person. Like, if she's not going to do anything out in the field... like but she's the best. I guess. <laughs> Shit. But she could have been out in the field, like, instead of just, you know, popping some dude in the head at the end. I thought that was weak as fuck. And, you know, I just think this movie's not as fun as the last movie. I feel like a lot of it is either too self-serious or it's on the way other end of the spectrum where it's trying so hard to be, like, gritty. Like you said, Jay, with all the fucks thrown out. Mm-hmm. I just kind of feel like... There's no fun had in this movie, like the first one. Like, I I felt like the novelty of the first one wore off. And then, um, like we said before, just Morgan Freeman's speech at the end, like, this might as well be Team America. And I was waiting for the theme song to play at the end. Um, And then uh, my treasure, I mean, I thought the cinematography was good in some areas, like when it's real. Um, I actually did like that they went to London this time, um, I, I guess. Um, and then I, like I was talking to UJ yesterday, I think there was like one time where I was like, ah, you know, that, that, that's pretty cool, where he's on the phone with um, uh, Cameron, and um, he says like, oh, can you hear me, Mr. President? And then Mike takes the phone and he's just like, 
oh yeah, he can hear you and there's something I want you to hear first. And that's the sound of your brother dying and he just like stabs him. I was like, oh, you know, yeah. that's, this is like some Rambo first blood type shit. Oh yeah. So the, like, the knife killing scenes were pretty intense. I thought so. They did a good job at that. You know, what did you guys think? Yeah. Well, I thought one of them were, I guess where they kidnapped the president finally and then he has one guy on the ground and he's just like stabbing him and he's interrogating him at the same time. It's like, that's like a horrible way to interrogate <laughs> somebody. Like, where is he? It's yeah. like, you're going to kill him before he tells you. Like, yeah. It's and, like, let him talk. <laughs> and uh, I believe in the last movie, Mike got injured at some point, right? And it kind of made him weaker. I, I feel so. like in this movie, he's a little too invincible, like doing all the shit that he's doing. He's yeah. like a one-man army. He got grazed in the shoulder. Yeah, yeah. he's not He's not hiding out. He's like yeah. full-on assault running towards bullets terrorists should have bought more men they should have <laughs> yeah so I just kind of feel like you know if he was a little more vulnerable I could believe that there was some danger yeah. but like once this dude like survives all the shit he's been in in the first half I'm just like ain't nothing gonna happen with yeah, this movie yeah he survived a helicopter crash and fucking dodged a thousand bullets shot at him like miraculously like yeah, yeah. His, his last name is Butler, and he's serving justice so yeah uh, but that's it for my trash and treasure fucking justice Thank you, Heroin. You're welcome, Dom. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, my Trash and Treasure is... I'll just touch on what you guys pretty much already said. Uh, I thought the CGI was trash in this movie in all scenes. Um, the one-liners throughout the movie, uh, I just cringed at all of them. Uh, specifically, one of them was when uh, Drawer Butler's fighting this dude in like, uh, like a hallway or something, and then the president comes out and pops the dude. He's like, I was wondering when you're gonna come out the closet. I'm and surprised I was like, you guys said that. I was leaving that for you. Uh, and I was like, why? <laughs> yeah, I was like, this ain't that kind of movie. Yeah, man. I was like, you almost got murdered, dude. <laughs> yeah. But the president was us. He was like, that's not funny at all. I was like, yeah, it wasn't. Um, I felt like Angela Bassett's death scene was a little bit too un- unrealistic. Like this whole, this girl was punctured. Through like the heart and lungs, you can see it in, in her chest, and she was like having a full-on dialogue for like five minutes. She's like, "You gonna get that present out of here?" No blood coming out of her mouth. Yeah, I'm just like, yeah. it's, it's not real. Can we just state the fact that the president's been attacked twice on a major scale in his two terms? Yeah. I thought that was like a bit ridiculous. I'm just like, okay. First of all, White House just got like destroyed in the first movie, and then now you're being uh, targeted in the second one. Just, I don't know. It just seems a little bit ridiculous. Maybe he should get some different Secret Service guy. <laughs> but yeah, as I stated earlier, before that we started the podcast, I was like, either this guy is really like progressive in his policies of like, changing the world and people aren't fucking with it, or he's just pissing everybody off. <laughs> so it's just like either the best president or the worst president. And Gerard Butler's just like a fucking blood-hungry, like, <laughs> like I just need action, guys. Like, I'm not... He's uh, not he's not like sympathetic like in the first movie. Yeah. Like where he he's failed saving like the wife and like he's kinda down and like he feels like a call to justice. In this movie, like you said, he's just like a fucking animal. Like, uh, I'm killing a kill and fuck, fuck, fuck. Like Yeah, that's why deleting his resignation, I'm just like, all right, bro, you you've been through how many like six years with this guy and you've been through this much shit and you're not gonna delete your resignation? You're gonna delete the resignation? Like yeah. what's wrong with you? I would I would question my, you know, head of Secret Service if he was just like, I don't want to break. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, the wife, again, had no point in being in the movie. I was yeah. like, what's the point? Just to show the Draw Brothers the family man, I guess. And then I thought, one thing I thought was odd was the president, when he was about to be beheaded, he started, like, stating his induction, like, swear or something like that. I was like, bro, your last days on Earth 
and you just want to be like super patriotic. Same with the last movie when Homegirl was getting dropped off and she started reciting the Pledge of Allegiance. I was like, this is a little bit too cheesy or corny right now. Yeah, but I don't, I don't know. I, I think he's trying to just stay strong and not let them... like The American people, I guess. But I would be like, yo, my wife and kids, I love them. And then maybe do that or no, something. No, but I, I think like he's thinking like on a larger scale. Like if you show weakness in that moment or whatever, like Everyone, that has... It's live feed. Yeah, Everyone's yeah. going to see. You know? Yeah, that has larger implications. And then he even says to Mike, like, I want you to kill me before these motherfuckers right. could take me. Like, So I, I did like that, though. Yeah, and it's like how do you? I just thought it was kind of going back to the first one when she was just like, "I pledge allegiance." Yeah, but she, but she ain't the president though. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense then. But, um, but overall, um, in my treasure, the movie was kind of fun. I thought it was just, uh, I don't know, it's just like dumb action. You know what I mean? Yeah. You just turn your brain off and be like, oh, all right, this this happened. (laughs) You know what I mean? And then uh, it kind of reminded me, I don't know if you guys play video games a lot, but uh, Tom Clancy's Division. Never played it. Oh, well, yeah. It's kind of like this. Mm-hmm. Post-apocalypse, like, um, you know, Washington, D.C. is like a dystopia. And, you okay. know, you're running and gunning and killing motherfuckers. <laughs> that's that's probably what it reminded me of. Maybe that's where they got the idea from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's my uh, trash and treasure. Thanks, Dom. <laughs> you're welcome, Cohen. Now let's get into everyone's ticket prices. So we we'll start off with Mugga. How much are you paying to see this movie? I when I after I watched it, I have to give it some value because, like you did say, it is fun. Um, so I was hovering between a five and a ten, but I needed some sort of research from Cameron to bring to give it up to a ten. <laughs> that did not happen. So <laughs> this has fallen to a five for me. All right, I'm going to give this a solid five. All right, Jason, what are you rating this movie? I'm going five as well. I, I mean, th- I've given movies that are. You know, better than this, a 10. So I don't think I can give it a 10 at all. I don't want to go zero because it, it I mean, like you said, Dom, it's just an, an action movie. You can have it in the background, you can turn your brain off, whatever. Um, there are a couple cool scenes. Um, I get what they're trying to do with Gerard Butler. They just, it's just a miss for me at least. Um, but yeah, so five. And Kerwin, what is your, how much are you paying? You know, we talked about like diehard ripoffs and all that other shit. Like, there's so many other better diehard ripoffs. And like, while this movie has like good action and stuff, and I love this kind of movie, like, I just don't give a fuck about anything that is happening because it's absurd. It's a short movie, but like that introduction into London before they start bombing shit just feels so long. The dialogue is stupid. You know, they they kill Angela Bassett. What the fuck? You know, I. I'm going zero on this movie. Wow. I'm gonna go zero. I don't. I don't think I ever want to watch this movie again. It's not as fun as the first one, and I thought the first one was really, really good, aside from a few things. What'd you give the first one? Ten. Ten. I would have given it a fifteen if if I felt they closed some loops, like the kid being in the White House, right. or like the president actually punching the dude himself and taking him out or something, because we started with the training or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I just kind of feel like that movie had a lot more like legs under it, and I feel like this movie is just like. Let's just scream fuck a bunch of times and just like turn our main character into somebody that I, I just don't really care about. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go zero on this one. All right. I what think you, I'm gonna give it a, give it a five. Like I got some sort of entertainment out of it. It's just kind of one of those movies. Like if it's on, I would be just like. I think this is yeah. something that I would never rent again. Now that I know they can get it for free. Yeah, I'm not gonna purposely yeah. go out of my way to watch it. And but like, like if it's it. on TV, Jason, on a hangover day, nope. I, you still won't, huh? 
I don't think I would. Because I feel like if I'll ever watch it again, that automatically gives me a $5 rating. That's one of mm. my pillars. You know what I mean? So it's like, if I'm going to watch it again, not by choice, but like it's on, it's convenient, Yeah, I'm giving it some sort of value, you know? Yeah. And I'll say this about the first one, like if I see it and it's on, like I will watch it. Yeah. Or like I might actually sit down and be like, oh, I'll put on Olympus Has Fallen because I actually did like that movie. Hmm. Like I would actually choose to watch it. With this one, it's either in the background or somebody else is playing it or I'm just like, nah, yeah. this ain't for me. I'm just telling you, Marcus said the next one is better than this one. He said, because Marcus said we're kind of saying he didn't care for this one really at all. Liked Olympus, but he said Angels Fallen is his best one out of the three, so I kind of want to watch that now. But I mean, we're going to have to, right? We've got to review that. I don't one. remember Angel has fallen as much. I think I, it's I just Morgan Freeman as the president Morgan now. Morgan Freeman is the president now, right? Yeah. yeah. And I remember there being drones and shit in, in a river or fucking, I don't even know. It's more cyber. But yeah, I have to rewatch it, but... Yeah, I'll test that uh, <laughs> if it's better or not. How much? Uh, how much are you giving this movie? Five, five dollars. So I we got, got five three fives and a zero. That's a three dollars and seventy-five cents value to watch. Wow. London is falling. That's almost what you paid. <laughs> it's actually cheaper. It's cheaper. It's cheaper. You paid more. Three dollars and ninety-nine cents. So it worked out in the long run. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now that we give in our ratings. How much will we pay to see Tom Cruise in this movie? Well, that would be different, but I don't know who he would play. <laughs> I, I would honestly just have him take Mike's spot, take Gerard Butler out and put Tom Cruise in there. And then be more patriotic? No, not like, I don't think this movie needs to be more patriotic. I think like, I just, I just rather see a person that I like on screen. Yeah. I don't know. Like, What if he takes Aaron Eckhart's, you know, he's like the second president hmm. that he has to... That would make more sense. Nah, like, nah. bro, the second, the first president would be like, look, the White House has got fucked up. I'm, I'm not going a second term. <laughs> Obviously, something's not going right. So let Tommy come in and, <laughs> Tommy. and uh, <laughs> you know, let him give it a shot. And draw brother. But know? you think Tom Cruise needs needs Secret Service though? I don't know. <laughs> Probably not. That would be show. tight to see. Two like Gerard Butler and Tom Cruise just kick ass like we're gonna fuck everybody up like, <laughs> and then and then Tom Cruise would outrun his ass yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> now, I would pay ten dollars to watch that I pay I pay twenty to watch that yeah who plays Aaron Ed, Eckhart call it Cruise is Fallen <laughs> Part Four he could, be, he could be <laughs> he could be in London Bridge I don't know. He could be he could be the little girl that gives the flower to the lady. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right though, man. Just like massacring the civilians and shit. Like even that was rough in the first one. Yeah, and that's what I remember a lot from the first one. It's just like holy shit, like they are not holding back at all. And this one too, it's the same kind of thing, but you're right, there's just this one just lost something for me. I don't know if it's cuz it's in London. I've never been to London. We had been to DC or I don't know what it was, but I remember being way more like glued to the screen for the first one. Personally, yeah, and Cruz has fallen. It's like Drop Brother finally retires and sends off that resigna- resignation letter, but he's on cruise. <laughs> so it's with Speed a, Two with <laughs> a former president. It's Speed Two, and it's Tom Cruise. <laughs> he's like, "Fuck! I gotta protect this guy. I liked his policies back then." It's gonna be a boatload of bad guys. <laughs> there yeah. you go. <laughs> yeah. How much do you think they'll do in sales? Boats, sales, oh. <laughs> waves. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> we're paying three seventy-five to watch this movie. So, <laughs> in the in the words of Tom Cruise, 
Thank you, Dom. (laughs) (laughs) That's it for this episode of $20 Ticket. Be sure to check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at $20 Ticket. That's $20 Ticket for more content. Follow us on Spotify, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, and if you've got the time, leave us a review. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, send them to $20Ticket at gmail.com. That's $20Ticket at gmail.com. Thank you for listening.